Paul read it. I encourage you to read it again, again, afresh and anew. Says this, Solomon, great, great Solomon, right? The most wise man who just had a thing for women, right? He comes in the moment, the end of his life. He's experienced his own mom and lots of uh, moms to his children. And says this in his wisdom, after experiencing all this, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. This is what he says. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain and it's a vanity. But a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. I'm going to add here, she is beautiful. She is holy and she is godly. I'm adding those pieces in. Is that okay with y'all? I think we can all add those in, okay? But the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, these are the concluding thoughts of a man at the end of his life who walks in great wisdom, who's experienced all the things in life. And he sees and he's watched and he's seen these moms. He's seen these, the, these wives. He's seen these women who, who live their life, right? And he's celebrating them. He's celebrating moms and this morning and wives and women. And this morning we come, we celebrate. It's, listen, it is good. It is good and it is right to come this morning and to celebrate women and to celebrate the heart that God has put in each of them. It's good this morning to come and to, listen, it's good to honor them. It's good to celebrate whatever, whatever you, wherever you are on the spectrum of momhood. It is good to celebrate this morning, because in the eyes of God, each of you women are unique. You are special. Listen, I said you were honorable and you went mm, and you looked down. Because the enemy has fed you lies and our culture has told you something else about you. This morning, we are going to speak a message of truth. And listen. And so many of you are like tuning out, like I just want, I'm tired, i got to go see mom a little bit. I'm not excited about even seeing my own mom today, but I love her, but I don't. It's kind of a weird dynamic, right? And this morning God wants to say, listen to me. In the eyes of God, you are all unique, you are all beautiful, you are all special, and this morning you are all worthy of honor. It is good. It is good. To come and to celebrate your life. Many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. Men, would you recognize who said that? The husband, the father of, the, of, the, of their children together. We love moms. They are valuable because they come and they take their call serious, right? They sacrificially love, they care, they give their life, right? They make lots of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? They wipe lots of butts and noses, right? They come and do all sorts of things. They care, they provide. The husbands go, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, we'll change the diaper, right? It's like we all come in these moments and we do these things. Like moms, this is what they do. God has overwhelmingly graced them, 
bless them and encourage them, right? And so when, we, when they come, right, moms are in this moment and, and, and all of a sudden children come into their lives, no matter how they come into your life, whether they literally come in as grandchildren and you're caring for them or you're an aunt or an adoptive parent, whatever it may be, in that moment, a child, no matter in our lives, men too, when a child enters into our life, something happens, Right? Our identity shifts. In the moment, listen, in the moment that Randall's brother Victor had had Morgan and she became an aunt, her identity changed, didn't it? She went from not being an aunt and being known that way to, to now she is. She is now known as an aunt to her niece and nephew, right? And so in this moment, her identity changed. So when children enter into our lives, our identity changes. Who we are and what we do and how we're known changes. And so in this moment, children enter into our lives, our identity changes. And so moms, in that moment, right, moms' lives, there's this great shifting and this great change. We do pre-marriage counseling all the time. When I look at men, I look at women and say, listen, you're marrying one man. Like who he is today is who he's going to be for the rest of his life, Right. He's going to be stupid. He's going to be smart sometimes. He'll be compassionate sometimes and not others. This is who he's going to be, right? But when you marry a woman, you marry several different women. Because when you first get married, you, be into, you marry the independent, strong-willed, like, let's get married moment. And, you're, and everything's about you, husband. And then you have children and they forget all about you. Right? They become a mom. And everything becomes about the kids. And, and she's like, don't touch me. Right? Don't t- I've been touched all day long. I don't want to touch any more touch. But when we first got married, I don't care. That's a, that's a different person now. Right? And there's this whole dynamic that goes down. Because when you have children, women, you have children, you know, you know. And everything changes. You got to like all night long and I mean all sorts of stuff. You can get into it, right? It's like you know it, everything changes. Your mindset changes, doesn't it? And it's God's movement. It's God's movement. It's God's work and act in your life. And it's beautiful and it's and it's honoring, and their identity becomes in so many ways about being a mom. But here's the great struggle I think that moms have. It's this is when their identity becomes too wrapped up in being a parent. That all of their waking moments and their waking hours and all their thoughts revolve around their children and then fearing for their children and worrying for their children and providing for their children. Because I would say this, I want you to hear this. Before you were a mom, you were a daughter. And your call to be a daughter of the living God trumps Everything else. That before you can be a great mom, you have to be a great daughter. And so this morning when we talk about finding our identity wrapped up in something, we find our value and we find value in life. What I find is this. Moms wrestle all the time with their identity as the mom, their value as their mom, because all they do in looking at social media is watch everybody else and see that they're the perfect mom with the perfect vacations, with the perfect kids. And so all they ever do as a mom is feel like they are inferior. And so their value and identity gets wrapped up in not comparing. They see other moms like, oh my gosh, they're so much better than me at blah, at X, whatever it may be. And we all know, right, that social media parenting is not accurate. 
Like, listen, moms, after every perfect photo, the selfie with the daughter right here and the mom, they're all smiling. Immediately they have a meltdown like five seconds later. I hate that picture. Don't post that picture of me. But this whole meltdown. Because social media parenting is not accurate. Listen, Randall and I went to Disney with our girls over fall break, and we sent pictures on Facebook and Instagram, and you all thought, oh, my gosh, they look so happy. We were at Disney. We were miserable. (laughs) Right? Can I get an amen, Tim? Come on, man. Give it to me, right? We went to Disney. It was miserable, right? It's it's like it was the coldest week of the year in Florida, so we were freezing. We walked 12 miles in one day. I mean, why do you do that? I literally got done. Randall out. We were like in our room just, I hate this. I pow, right? It's like, this is the worst thing ever. Click. Awesome. Right? Hashtag best trip ever. And so as parents, what do we do, man? We get all caught up. Moms, you get caught up. You see this stuff and... And you're going, I'm not great. I'm not, a, I'm not as good as they are. We live in comparison all day long. Kids, your parent, your mom thinks she's a terrible mom. And so often it's because we get wrapped up in this identity piece. They get wrapped up over here and seeing what the people are doing. And we've forgotten That my primary value is not found in being a mom. My identity is not found in being a mom. My identity and my value is wrapped up in being an unbelievably freaking awesome daughter of the living God. Because when I live in this place, ladies, when you live in the place of being a daughter, I mean, I don't, listen, I apologize. You did not have a good dad, but Randall had a great dad. He thought she was awesome. He wanted to spend his time with her. He, she never, ever wondered if her dad didn't think she was awesome. She would go and tell her dad things that I'm hoping my girls never tell me. Right? <laughs> Just kidding, girls. Tell me everything. She lived in the confidence that her dad thought she was awesome. And her dad was a terrible dad in comparison to how much God values and loves her. Right? Jesus said that. Though you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? He's saying in comparison, listen, I'm the dad who loves you. I value you. But moms, we struggle, right? You struggle in this identity and this value piece. Listen, you, you get to the end of the day and you're wrestling. You're struggling. You're sitting here telling your husband or a friend on the phone because you're just afraid to tell your husband, oh my gosh, I yelled at my kids again today. All I want to do is just get them back in school. I'm tired of being around them. I feel terrible about it. I locked myself in my bathroom today and told them I was taking a shower. I laid down on the ground and fell asleep. I feel terrible. So this morning, moms... Your identity is wrapped up in being a daughter. And dad thinks you're awesome. And he loves you. And he values you. He talks about you all the time. He pulls Peter in and says, Peter, hey, look at her. Look what she's doing. Oh, my God, she's awesome. 
this morning I want to watch a video. <clears throat> it's a video of watching some moms, and you'll see it in a second. And, and I want you to recognize there's some moms and their kids, and I want, I want you to recognize you're watching this. Moms, this is, you could plug yourself into this video. This is for you. And what I want you to find in this is that children are speaking the values that God has for you. You know, you hear, like you're talking about, you value this, the, that God speaks through your children. Has that ever happened to you? God's spoken through children in your life. And so God's doing this this morning. And I want you to listen because it's through the mouths of these children that God's value of these moms is expressed. And I want you to see it. So let's watch this video. Thank you. 
You know, it's one of those things for me. I didn't say it's the first service, but that, um, you know, I get to meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people. And, and the greatest um, the greatest struggle of my heart is when I meet people who really have no idea who they are. Right. It's like I, I sit there and, you know, and moms, you'll get this Think about, you know, how when um, when your children come home from uh, a day at hell, I mean, junior high and um, and they sit down and they tell you about these kids that are mean and things that happened and the mean kids or the mean girls or the bullying, whatever it may be. And and you sit there and, and your first thought, you just immediately go to Jesus overthrowing the tables in the temple. And you think about going to school and doing that with the kids. Right. And you're like completely righteous indignation, like walking into school. Like, who are you? Bam in Jesus name. Right. That's what your first thought is. Right. Because when that happens, that's what you want to do. Why? Because you want to fight for your children. You love them. And you, you're destroyed when they sit there and they say things that you know are not true. They don't think they're pretty. They don't think that they're smart. They don't think that they're athletic. They don't think that they're funny. They think all these things. And you're like... You just want to like, you just want to squeeze truth into them. Like you, you hug them with the whole thing of like, Jesus, just squeeze it. Like, Stop squeezing so hard. No, Jesus told me to squeeze. I'm getting something into you. You heartbreaks when you li- when your children are living in a lie that's just not true. Because no lie is. But seemingly, we're okay living in our own lie when our Heavenly Father's heart is broken. And so this morning, what we want, so I keep on trying to get your attention, right? And we're all distracted because I want you to recognize the value of your children that God, he, they put on you is God's value. He's speaking through your children. And some of you are looking down going, but you don't know my story. Yes, but He does and He thinks you're awesome. He honors and He values you not because of what you do, but because of who you are as His child. We see this. I love this story in Luke chapter 8. It's only three simple verses. It speaks volumes about women and their place in Christ in the church. Luke chapter 8, starting in, in verse 1, going to verse 3. You've always skipped over these verses because it doesn't say anything quote-unquote important. Soon afterward, he went on, Jesus went on to the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Press pause. The twelve, the disciples, the men, right? Dun, dun, dun. Like the big, the big guns, right? And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager. Do you recognize who this is? Herod's household manager, his wife, the person in charge of Herod's palace, it's his wife, right? And then Susanna, we have no idea who she is, but she's in several different stories, so she's important, okay? And many others who provided for them out of their means. We'll see why it's not important. I want you to see it. Women and the twelve disciples, three primary and many others. These are the twelve disciples, and these are the women disciples. Traveling with Jesus, living with their resources, 
funding the ministry, living life, and doing it with them. And every story in which women are discussed, Mary, and names are named, Mary Magdalene is always the first name named in the New Testament. Because somewhere in the early church, she was known as a primary leader and disciple of Jesus in the early church. So why is that a big deal, Steve? Well, it's a very big deal for this simple reason. Women were not allowed to be disciples. The only women who could actually be taught by a rabbi and be a disciple of a rabbi was someone who had a husband as a rabbi or had a master who was a rabbi and they were willing to train these women. But they really couldn't officially be known as disciples. And Jesus comes and says, I don't think it's okay for my daughters to be second class and second rate. I'm going to bring them in. And Luke says they're so important that I'm going to name them alongside of the twelve apostles. Don't go to churches that squash women. The only verse they can name is submit because they're afraid of a strong woman. Jesus had strong women all around him, primarily his mother, who said, hey, go make wine. And he said, yes, ma'am. We celebrate Deborah in the Old Testament, who was a primary judge over all of the Jewish nation. And the church has said, well, because there were no strong men. Bull honky. There is a man, Barak, who was a mighty warrior named in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, alive at that time. We celebrate the movement of God. And so God looks down and looks at a culture that suppressed women and said, No, I don't care culturally how wrong it looks. I don't care that it's a black eye on me to invite them in. I want my daughters whom I created in my image, who I fashioned in shape, to be with me where I go. And Luke got it. You want to talk about some valuing in a culture that devalued women. Jesus said, I don't really care what you think. They're mine. They're my daughters. Jesus loved women in a very holy way. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to have relationships. Listen, guys, this is so hard in our culture that has made everything about men and women all about sexual in nature. Jesus had women disciples. What would you think if I told you tomorrow, yeah, I've got three women disciples that I'm meeting with? Like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. You may fall into sin. Well, Jesus did it. It was obviously not sin. That's more of an indictment against me then, isn't it, in our culture? Do you see what I'm getting at here? Jesus values women. And so when he values women, he values them because we are, he, he, we're, you're his daughters, ladies. He's a dad who fights for you. Listen, I'm a dad of Anna, Catherine, and Sarah. They're sitting in the front row and they're like, what's the heck going to say right now? They're kind of freaking out. I fight 
Listen, when they come to me and say, a boy did this, my first instinct is, but you're better than they are, right? Like, you're awesome. I want them to know it. I don't want them to ever feel inferior. They are not. They have been designed beautifully by God. And they have been bought, they've been sold a lie of our culture about vanity and beauty, about popularity, which is stupid because it doesn't exist in heaven. They've been sold lies about tanning themselves and doing this and making this happen, all this garbage about looking beautiful and pretty. And God says, why do you believe the culture? Women, why do we believe it? Jesus says, you're my daughter and that is enough. Jesus, Jesus pushed back. I said, Jesus, Jesus pushed back the system because he honors and values women and their place in his family. Hmm. Close your eyes, please, before the Lord. He is present. I feel his weight and so incredibly strong. Women, he is speaking. If you have not heard a word I've said, praise God. He has made it. We can listen to a podcast. Because his heart is being spoken. I'm just his vessel. And I come in humility right now. And I, I want you to close your eyes because I have nothing to do with this. I believe God is speaking to our women about stepping up and being who God has called them to be. And no longer living under this, the wrap of the enemy of fear. Of rejection. Of comparison. All of these things are not from Jesus. And if we live in them, then we are living by the way of the world. And the enemy has his hands and his talons just wrapped around us. Proverbs 31, listen to it again, 28 through 30. Her children rise up and they call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. He says, many women have done excellently, but you, babe, you surpass them all. Charm. Is deceitful. Beauty is fleeting in its vanity. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I want you to put your palms, I want you to put your knees out, your hands on your palms with your palms raised on your knees. And Richard Foster says this is such a great practical posture of receiving. And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray truth over you. The only way you beat lies in your life is by speaking truth. And so, Jesus, I pray right now in the powerful name of the living Christ Jesus. And I'm asking this morning in agreement with your will that you would speak truth right now where lies have been, have been come and they've planted themselves. Father God, I speak a breaking right now of the spirit of rejection. This lying spirit about what beauty looks like, Jesus. 
Father God, we speak right now where vanity has crept in, Father God. And only when I look a certain way do I feel comfortable, God. I pray that you would break that now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak truth where lies have been believed, Father God. That you would come where rejection has, has clamped on and you would release that. And, Father God, that you would, that you would come now the spirit of acceptance. And that, God, we would feel, literally feel, Feel with the fabric of our being, Father, that we have been drawn into the loving relationship with our loving Heavenly Father who loves us, who cares about us, who wants to turn over tables on our behalf, who wants to fight for us, God. Right now, Jesus, there are women, there are moms, God, who have believed lies for over 30 years, God. And in Jesus' name, because only you can, God, we pray a breaking of those lies in Jesus' name, that they are worthless, unworthy, incapable, and unlovable. Jesus, I speak a breaking over that now in Jesus' name. Father God, I recognize and see the enemy right now speaking even more loudly, trying to counteract the move of your spirit. Father God, we pray for the spirit of, of deliverance right now, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and deliver as you delivered Mary of Ma- Mary Magdalene. That you would set them free, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we're not here just to celebrate moms so we can get some raffle tickets and all that kind of garbage, Lord. We are here to see moms move into their primary identity, God, of being daughters of the living King. Holy Spirit, this is the work only you can do. We lean into you. We cry out and believe in you. We have faith in you, Jesus, for the work of your Spirit. Stir and power, God. Deliver us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Ours is going to come and lead us in worship this morning. Your children, moms, in every facet, they rise up and they call you blessed. Your husband may not say it enough and he may not praise you, but he should say, many women have done excellently, babe, but you perceive surpass them all. Don't give in to charm because it's deceitful. And don't buy into the lie of earthly beauty because it is vain. But be a woman who fears the Lord because that woman is worthy of honor and that that woman is worthy of praise. This morning, for those of you who are new or